0: This is another episode of On The Grid by Z-Prime. Love your energy.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Z-Prime On The Grid. I am Dylan Lockwood. Joining me is my co-host, Joyce Dooley. Joyce, how are you doing?
0: Hey, hey, Dylan. I'm doing great today. How are you?
1: Doing fantastic. We also have with us today, Michael Sexton, uh, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Makatu. Michael, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Appreciate the uh, time and effort you guys are putting into this.
1: Yeah, we're excited too. Um, so we've recently done a survey w- with Mikatu and uh, the surveys confirmed that renewables are exploding right now, which uh, I, which I'm really happy to see. 90% of utilities will have integrated them over the next five years. So Michael, what is your take on the renewables market right now? And what do you think we can expect from it over the next few years?
2: Dylan, I have to agree with you on that. Everything that we're seeing um, right now shows that the market is just primed to continue along the path where it's been for the last few years. A couple of examples along that line. On the solar front, we've gone from 37,000 megawatts to 112,000 megawatts in the last couple of years. Um, We expect wind, which is Currently accounting for about seven percent of our uh, generation, to continue on a growth um, of double digits over the next couple of years, and in just in the last weeks and months, we have the um, the whole Biden effect going on here. So we now have a renewable zero carbon neutral goal of 2050 for the United States. So there's only one way we're going to get that, and that's continue to drive this renewable trend that we see going. So we're pretty excited about doing that, um, and now we have money to help us reach those goals with the packages they're hopefully gonna pass in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, it is really exciting about what's going on. Um, But as renewables are added onto the grid, some concerns kinda come up too. According to our survey, 65% of respondents foresee power quality issues as a result. You know, what does that really mean, Michael?
2: Joyce, from our perspective and what we've learned over the uh, last few years about the technology, um, what we've done in the past won't get us into the future. Um, What does that really mean? The things that we've done historically to measure um, power quality um, will have zero or no impact on what we're currently doing. The power quality issues like harmonic distortion, unbalanced power flow, intermittent generation, they can't be measured with traditional or old school technology. You know, CTs and PTs act as low pass filters. So harmonics and some of this other stuff that get integrated into grid as we add more and more solar and wind energy um, aren't able to be picked up and uh, utilized as we're currently doing things. this gets into the whole complexity of the new generations that we have going on um, the ecosystem for power is something that we've never ever seen before. if you think about it the grid as we know it today started in the 1890s um, you know you're talking about 120 year old 130 year old technology. You know, it was a single source down a single line. We no longer have that. We now have... Multiple in forks. Uh, people have it on their house. They have battery chargers. There's all kinds of things that are now having an input on the grid. And the old way of doing this, things just won't hold up anymore. You know, you've got a couple things that are also going to be driving us. The government just offered up a, a program called FERC 2222. It's a better way to manage the chaos, but it requires data. And, you uh, know, there's an adage that we like to use from our company is that, you know, garbage in means garbage out. So, if you're going to use ADMS systems and some of the newer technologies to monitor the grid, your monitoring is only as good as the data that you can put into your systems. So if you're going to control it and the sensing platforms and the other stuff that are out there that are feeding you the data only give you partial um, of what's available harmonics along the way, if you only get harmonics to the seventh, ninth, or 11th, um, when there's technologies that can give you to the, 51st, 53rd, 55th, all the way up to the 250th harmonic, why would you not want to be able to use that technology? And that's why we're excited about seeing all this because of our technology and our capabilities um, expanding the ability of the existing systems to achieve the overall goal of getting us to uh, a zero carbon footprint and neutrality by 2050.
1: What's the relationship there between those data quality issues and uh, safety?
2: On the safety side of life and how it comes into play, we're a field effect sensor. So we do everything um, using a couple of physical properties to to measure the electrical and magnetic fields for current and voltage. Traditionally, that was all done through electrons with a CT or a PT. So while we're gathering this higher fidelity data, we're doing it in a non-contact form. So one of the byproducts that you get from adding... um, Renewable energy sources along the grid, particularly in places where you're adding you know, home use, even the, the major places where you have um, large PV farms or large wind turbine situations that come into the grid, not in a parallel fashion, but um, they come in, in a, almost like a T fashion, where they come into the grid and they can flow in two different directions. So they can backflow and they can forward flow. Traditionally, there was only a, a singular path for the power to go. It wasn't in bidirectional. So with this, um, the renewables coming in, in the bidirectional flow, you, you create safety issues upstream where traditionally, you know, you only had to worry about what was coming in on the inbound side, not on the outbound side. The safety crews now have to worry about what comes in on the outbound side and do they have everything shut down so they don't get a backfed, backfeed situation and a backflow. You know, the other thing is it's just a better way to get data out there that's safer. Um visibility increases, increases awareness. So, you know, the more you're you're visible and the more you can see things, the more you can be aware about what's going on. And another side benefit, because we're not a, um, we don't move electrons is we're immune to um, surges and pretty much well, other than a direct lightning strike, but if you have a surge on a line, that, that can backflow and, and blow things up. It just passes through us because we're not seeing those electrons going to outside of our equipment.
0: Yeah, so speaking of this, you know, 48% of those that we surveyed said backfeed was an issue, but only 18% of utilities measure it. How will on-site generation impact this issue moving forward?
2: First thing we need to do is start educating the general public It's a key to what's going on because the public is pretty much unaware of how renewables could be a good source of backfed issues. As more and more people start adding it to their home, it creates more and more points for it to get into the grid and create potential problems for utility workers. So we need to start educating people that one of the things that I just recently saw is that there's programs where you kind of do-it-yourself solar energy packages. We, we need to make sure that people are educated along that line to, to make sure the utility workers are safe um, that they understand how the power flow is going on. Because in some cases the utilities don't know that you've put the power onto your house. So think about that from a, from a safety perspective, if you, you don't have the ability to measure it and someone in the neighborhood puts a solar panels on their house and the utility is not aware of the solar panel and they're working downstream from it and the guy's generating power and kicking it back out to the grid potential issues that that could create.
1: What do you think would be a good way to get that, to get that message out there, to do that kind of education? Like, is that something that utilities should be doing? Is that something that like, uh, you know, organizations like, like maybe we should be doing, I mean, I guess this podcast is part of that as well, but.
2: I I think overall general education of the public would be a great way to start. So it's just something that people don't think about. Um, You know, they, they think they're doing a good thing, which they are. Um, and the utilities are grappling with how to um integrate all of this, which is hence you know where, where our business is going, but we have to do a better job of educating folks of not only the good things um that happen from doing renewable energy, but you know there there's potential dangers that you would not think about in most instances and you know it goes as long it's not a renewable, but you know people have had problems with backflows from just putting generators on your house. That we're aware of. So the same thing goes with, you know, putting a photovoltaic uh, roof on your home and, and the rest of it, um, even putting um, EV chargers in your house. Uh, they all p- create potential problems from, from backflow um, and other stuff, and, and also introducing harmonics into the system that can overload equipment and the rest of it. So um, I think there needs to be a general overall education um, from not only the utilities, which I think most of them have done a good job with, Um, If you go to to the major places, um, you know, the APSs, Dukes, um, Dominions, and where they're integrating renewable energy into their systems and people are doing it, they've got pretty good um, educational platforms for telling people um, about it. But I think we need to do more, uh, particularly as more and more homes um, get added to the grid and there's more technology out there for kind of the do-it-yourselfer. Um, that it becomes really critical um, to do it.
1: You mentioned uh, EV charging there. I'd be interested to hear uh, your take on on the EV market and, and its effect on these issues we've been talking about. Because you know we're, we're hearing from lots of people about how it's a grid edge challenge, but it's also a uh, you know it's also a part it's a part time demand response solution or uh, energy storage solution. So I'm just, I'm just curious to hear uh, your take on that.
2: The adaption is spreading and it's spreading pretty la- rapidly. It's kind of interesting. One of the things that we've seen, we've read articles on and we've seen is there's, there's a thing called uh, in the utility world, they have a clustering effect, which creates some interesting um, situations for utilities. So, you know, what am I talking about with clustering? It's like, Dylan, you get, a, you get an EV at your house and you put your charger in, your neighbor sees your EV and he goes, who, that's pretty cool technology. You know, I like your car. See that you're doing a good thing, so I'm gonna go get one. all of a sudden, you know your little neighborhood starts to have a whole cluster of EVs. Um, and that clustering causes a lot of unplanned problems for the utilities because you don't have to tell the utility you put an EV charger in your house. So you know we're back to the same old situation I was just talking about. They don't know, but you now have created a potential back uh, a backflow problem. Um, inside of their neighborhood. And how does that affect uh, people? Um, There's an EPRI study that shows EV chargers are now making distribution transformers inside of the grid, the wink-link in the system from backflow. Um, You know, the harmonics that they introduce and and just the overall intermittent loads that come in, traditional equipment um, doesn't see any of that um, that's caused by the charger and they weren't uh, designed to handle it. Uh, the systems that they're currently using to measure cannot get the granular data um, on the current grid of uh, current voltage demand. So all this stuff goes unseen until it becomes a problem. And generally, it becomes a problem. There's bigger issues going on, and people's or neighborhoods lose power. Um, and again, people have the potential to get hurt. Uh,
1: that ties it right back, uh, right back into the safety thing. So. Uh... So you know we we're, we're to sort of bring it back to uh the the data management wheelhouse so in the survey sixty eight percent of utilities in the survey said that they were dissatisfied with existing grid management data and we talked about data quality, but is there anything else that's contributing to that? do you think
2: yeah um from our perspective in how we look at it, the complexity of the integration is is a major factor and there's a lot of different solutions out there. There's a lot of different packages that the utilities have for integration. Um, there's a lot of different vendors out there offering up different solutions. Um, and that just makes things more and more complex. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of vendors and suppliers think that, you know, they want to be the silver bullet. They want to uh, make sure the right solution is being brought to the customers your success. Uh, and we have a different approach to that. We're not trying to be the silver bullet. Um, We want to bring the right solution to town, but we're looking across the spectrum because we think that the best solution uh, is going to be had by integrating our technology and working with existing folks um, to ensure that what makes their systems, in a lot of cases, their software and control systems successful, is getting them better data. Um, So that's kind of been our approach on it. And, you know, again, the better the data, the better the solution is going to be. Um, So we look to work with external partners and folks that, you know, we can make not just a single solution. We can make a a very complex solution much simpler by not figuring out we're we're not the smartest guy in the room, but we partner up with the smartest guy in the room.
0: And I think that's a really great strategy um, to have. You know, many minds make things a lot easier um, <laughs> at times. And so definitely great collaboration. Oh, on yeah. Side. It's, it's, uh, it's,
2: it's amazing out there what you can do when you start collaborating with people and working with them because, you know, there's so many different technologies that we're bumping into and so many good solutions uh, that are available that, you know, collaborating with the people. Um, to combine technologies to get to the, the, the end game, which is make the overall grid better. We just think is just the way to, to move ahead and, and that's what we're trying to strive to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um Well, as we wrap up, you know, one of the things that we'd really love to hear about is what's most exciting to you right now. We kind of talked about a lot of the challenges and some of the the dangers that arise as the renewables are exploding. But, you know, from your perspective, what is the most exciting thing on the horizon?
2: Just the speed uh, of what we're moving at. You know, if you look at the evolution of the grid in the last 120 years, so 130 years. For the last 105 to 110, it was always the same. All of a sudden, we've moved to um, PV farms and solar. Uh, wind turbines are taking off globally, globally and expanding exponentially. Battery storage systems are coming into line. It's kind of like going from driving a Model T car to getting to behind the wheel of a Porsche all of a sudden. Things are just moving at unbelievable speed. Um, It changes daily. You know, there's new technologies getting announced all the time. Um, We're continuing to see changes in the the landscape of the utility field. Um, And generally, utilities, which were historically slow moving, were not going to change. Companies and industries are now forced with the fact that the world's changed around them. They have to go from being that old Model T to being the Porsche, and being part of that um, overall opportunity to take it from the Model T to the Porsche technology is kind of exciting from our perspective. Um, You know, we're bringing different technology to a very old, old industry. Um, We're excited to educate. Um, We're excited to help make changes. And, you know, we just see that. A huge opportunity to continually expand inside of this space and work with different verticals. Um, You know, and it's not just the inside of the utilities where the technology can be deployed. It can be deployed in um, electric trains, um, if you think about it. So they they all move with power. Um, So there's different verticals out there that that we can have an impact on um, with our little optical sensor, and we're trying to just handle all of it and figure out where we're going, but we're pretty excited to be part of this revolutionary change that's happening around the globe, particularly in the U S in the power industry. And then overall for everything that's going on, you know, we need to get, become a, you know, to carbon neutral um, country, you know, everything is going on with the, the, the weather these days, I mean, you got the heat dome out in California, it's been raining on the West Coast, Europe is getting flooded, China's got flooded. I mean, we're having an impact um, all these years on the the environment, it's time for everybody to step up and do their part. And we're just excited to be a piece of that. Um, and, and we think that data is going to drive it. And, you know, one of our mottos is data is the new currency of the grid. So we want to continue to try and provide the highest fidelity data that we can um, to anybody who wants to use it um, to help us be successful in getting to that uh, zero carbon and neutrality state that uh, we now have a goal to get to.
1: I'm also excited for the the rate at which this stuff is accelerating. Do you uh, do you see the same enthusiasm uh, from like your from your clients, from utilities, and the like are, are they uh, is because the like the technology
2: yes um that we see some excitement they we don't see the same excitement that they do the more and more renewable energies that gets added to the system the more and more the traditional system is going to become stressed so you're either going to embrace where we're going with open arms or if you try taking or kick take it kicking and screaming and fight it you're going to probably lose that battle because it's coming. It's coming fast. Um, We're not going to stop it with everything that's going on out there. Um, We have to change the way we're doing business um, in the utility space. And we just think that, you know, I'd rather embrace it than fight it and get ahead of it. Because if you're behind it and you don't do the things like uh, increase your capability to have better data, to look inside your system, control harmonics, um, control backfeed, control loading, um, all the things that come as we move forward, you're gonna find that your 120 year old system isn't gonna function very well and you're gonna have lots and lots of issues. And I think people are starting to finally realize that. So they're all starting to get on the bus, maybe not as fast as I would like, um, or we would like um, as a company, but we're definitely seeing movement inside the industry going, hey, you know, change is coming and we need to be part of the tra- change. And I mean, you can see it from the data here that they know it's coming. It's just a question of how quickly they react to it, but they don't have a choice. They're going to have to react because to do nothing, it will create a death spiral for them.
1: Uh, well, Michael, thank you uh, for that. And thanks for uh, being on today to talk about uh, all of these uh, really interesting uh, data points and transformations within the industry. Uh, and thanks to you too, Joyce. You can find the research report we did with Makatu and all our research and media at com. You can find us on social media at jakedooley at dylockwood and at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan. We'll see you all next time.